welcome everyone it's great to see everyone here today thanks for coming i'm super um excited for today's message because i actually wrote down something yesterday and as i went back today the holy spirit changed the message so i'm sure he's trying to do well and then two minutes before like well not two minutes but like 10 minutes before the call he dropped this song new wine so i want to believe that today the holy spirit wants to equip us empower us and strengthen us for q2 so i'm super excited to see what you know to just be in the presence of god tonight to get powered up for um second quarter father we thank you we thank you for another time in your presence we thank you for another time to come and worship with you and learn from your word as a community. We thank you that you, we ask that you open our eyes to hear you. We ask that you open the eyes of our heart to see what you want, what you want us to see and to open our ears to hear what you are saying to us and to open the eyes of our faith to see what is unseen and eternal so that we may move with a conviction that does not hold on to unbelief, even in the face of impossibilities, but to have a faith that is empowered by the word of God, a faith that is confident that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength and that with God all things are possible. To have a faith that is confident in the finished work of the cross, that he who started this good work in us is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ. Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me today, not my words, but yours. I declare that I become lesser and lesser and you become greater and greater in me. Lord, we thank you. We adore you. We welcome you into our midst. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. So last um, time we met, we discussed John chapter 2, verses 13 to 25. And so here's a quick recap. The first point, so number one, we must learn to respond and not react in challenging situations or difficult situations, just, um, just as Jesus did in the temple. Jesus had an action plan to cleanse the temple. He did things in order. Um, and he was intentional with the way he solved that issue. So it was about the cleansing of the temple. Um, number two, we must honor God in our corporate jobs, in our businesses, in our crafts, and in everything that he gives us to steward. Um, we must not perpetuate discrimination or greed or cheating. Um, so that was very, that was in one thing that was um, key for us in the last teaching. Number three, your body is now the temple of God. And as such, we can access God fully and directly through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, to function fully in our capacity as extraordinary disciples, we must be discerning. Not suspicious, but discerning. So we kind of talked about the difference um, in the last, in our last, um, session so that's a quick recap um and then i'm going to go into today's reading so let us open our bibles to the book of john um we i will be reading john chapter three 
from verses 1 to 22. So the book of John, chapter 3, I'm multitasking here, verses 1 to 21, 22, 21, actually. So, I guess we're all there. I'm going to start reading now. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night. Well, that means came to him, meaning Jesus, at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when, he's, when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. So now I'm in verse 8. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Verse 9, how can these things be, asked Nicodemus. Verse 10, are you a teacher of Israel and don't, are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus replied, truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. In verse 12, if I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the son of man. Verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. This is the judgment, the light. So this is the, so verse 19 says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20, for everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But verse, and then finally verse 21, but anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God, by God, by God.
So jumping right into the text. So we see in verse one, verse one and two. So Nicodemus, um, a Pharisee who was also who was a ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus at night. And I, I like that the text emphasized the time of the day Nicodemus came to Jesus and Jesus still welcomed him. Imagine somebody coming to your house at night. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing here? Hello. <laughs> it's way past visitors visiting hours. Um, but the point is this, many of us come to Jesus at night. We come to Jesus in our dark season, sometimes to hide our shame because we don't want others seeing us in that particular state. And what Jesus is saying to you today is welcome. I will never turn you away in your night season. At the dead of the night, at the depth of your darkness, I know I will never turn you away. This is what Jesus did to Nicodemus. He welcomed him into his home at night. I know there are people who will seek me at night and I love to welcome them. This is why this example is such a great story. It's like you can come in your night season. You can come at night. You can come when you're experiencing darkness. This is why I came. Good news, if you are in a dark season in any area of your life, Jesus is welcoming you to his house. He's saying, welcome home. Welcome home to Jesus. Welcome home to Jesus. I just, that really just made me happy. You know, we can also see from Nicodemus' action of coming to Jesus at night, that this means that some people will only talk to you. So if you're like on the reverse side, we, like the person that is the carrier, um, the carrier of the blessing or a gift that they need, they would only talk to you behind the scenes or come to you in their night season. So people may be scared to approach you in the day or in front of everyone because of the inadequacies that they feel being in a dark season of their life. And this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you, but what they are going through. And it is come to meet you in, in their darkness, right? So we must learn to welcome people who are in darkness, who are in their dark season, who, you know, life is just, there's just a lot going on. Um, whether they approach us in a good season of their life. So during the day, so you might be in a dark, you might be, in, you might be walking in darkness and be in a good season of your life, or you might be in, you might be walking in darkness or you might be in a bad season of your life, which represents the nighttime. Because, what this means is that because there are people who are in darkness, who are in a good season of their life because they are not living fulfilled. So your life might be good on the outside, but deep down inside you are in darkness. You know, so either way, God, Jesus is saying, be an example and welcome these people just as Jesus welcomed Nicodemus. So this is what is going on here. Nicodemus was trying to avoid the scorn of his fellow Pharisees, the things, the people that were associated with his seeming dark, darkness. He only knew darkness because as a Pharisee, he was blind to the light of God. And we would see later in the text more an explanation on, you know, the darkness versus the light. And nighttime was his preferred method to see Jesus. He didn't want the other Pharisees to see him coming to talk to Jesus because he knew that once the darkness, so the other Pharisees knew he was going to be associated with light, the darkness would want to hold him back. What this means is many of us want light in our situations, but we are afraid to step out to find light 
because we are stuck in a dark place. We are stuck with the same friends, with the same circles, with the same relationships, with the same situation, who things that perpetuate the darkness. And as such, we are not able to leave them behind the grip of darkness and the hold it has on us. Some people are so used to being in darkness, you know, being in that nighttime, that night season, just that really dark place, that season of life. And it has become so comfortable to navigate. Nicodemus clearly didn't know how to get to Jesus during the day, but he sure got to him at night. It was probably like, you know what? I'm so used to this darkness and this is all I know and I function well in it, but at this point, I don't care. So I would take me, myself and I in my current state to meet Jesus at night. So, so we can meet Jesus. Well, basically the point is, what am I trying to say? Is that just because you are in a dark season in your life doesn't mean you can't carry your life, the current dark situation, the constant and daily confusion, the life you spent, you've spent the last 10 years building yet with no fulfillment of purpose the and the lingering challenges that keep holding you back doesn't mean that you can't take all that and take it to jesus he's saying get out of your darkness and come meet jesus today he's ready to welcome you he's right here he's right there beside you stretching his hand to receive you tonight Nicodemus knew Jesus had the light he needed, so he didn't mind, and he resolved that he would find his way to Jesus. Although he was hiding, he did it anyway. Just do it. <laughs> Sometimes you just, you gotta do what you gotta do to get the liberty you deserve and the freedom God has already planned for you. And this is why Jesus died, so that you and I may be set free so that you and I will no longer walk in darkness, so that you and I will no longer feel comfortable with the nighttime, with the dark season, so that you and I can begin to embrace light. And if you are the person who welcomes people, so if you are like a representative of Jesus, who you're welcoming people in their dark season, we see here from Jesus's example that we shouldn't ignore them, rather we should welcome them just like Jesus welcomed Nicodemus. Nicodemus clearly saw the hand of God on Jesus. So he came to ask him more questions. He came for clarity. He came for guidance. He came for direction. And I think that's such a great privilege to get such, to get such encounters in our lives when people reach out to us with their burdens, with their pains. And then we have an opportunity to be like Jesus and welcome them into our space without judging them. It was just such a, I mean, this is just chapter, verse one, and it's just, it's literally a whole sermon. It's, it was, it's so, you know, it's so amazing. Sorry, I'm just muting. Um, so in verse two, in verse two, Nicodemus then says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who, um, from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And then in verse three, Jesus responds to him saying, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To be honest, this is the point where if I was Nicodemus, I would be telling Jesus, um, what I said was, <laughs> but what you're saying is like, they are totally unrelated. Like, <laughs> 
But yeah, <laughs> Jesus is always just throwing curveballs when you ask him questions. Um, but basically what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus was that he had to be reborn. He needed a spiritual birth and this birth only comes from heaven. Nicodemus needed a spiritual rebirth because simply being religious wasn't enough to be able to do these signs that Jesus was doing. Um, so Nicodemus was a Pharisee and he was probably wondering, how is this man like Jesus doing all these miracles and signs? Like I, Nicodemus, a whole Pharisee, I can't do any of these things. How is he able to do this? Um, basically, this tells us that being religious doesn't make you born again. I, I didn't say it. It's what the Bible says. We're, we're reading it now. Being religious doesn't make you born again. But basically, what Jesus was saying precisely to Nicodemus is that these signs you are seeing me do, they belong to the kingdom. And you have to be rebirthed, reborn to see the kingdom of God. Only a person who has been reborn into the original intention of their God-given identity can truly see the kingdom of God. Of course, Nicodemus was confused because the concept seemed very unnatural and illogical. And this was precisely Nicodemus's problem. He was using human logic and mindset and what the Bible would refer to as the flesh to try to understand the things of the spirit. The truth is you can't understand the things of the spirit with your mere human mind. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. He is the one that teaches us all things and opens up the supernatural realm in us and to us so that we are able to handle the things of the spirit. And then if we move into verse five, Jesus begins to define what he's, he means by being born again. He said, being born again is to be born of water and of the spirit. To be born of water is basically baptism by immersion. You have to go in and come out, which signifies a, a patterning of death and resurrection. So when we go into the water, we die to the old self, we die to our old nature, we die to the Adamic nature in us that is filled with sin. And then when we come out, we resurrect to the new life in Christ. And to be born of the spirit is to be reborn by the spirit of God, which in practical terms means one, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be renewed in your mind by the Holy Spirit, to be led to live and to walk by the Holy Spirit, to be transformed by the Spirit to the version of you God intended when he formed you at the foundations of the earth. This is where becoming your identity in God comes into place and is quite important in this journey of life. Romans 8 verse 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For us to be sons of God, we must be led by the Spirit. So we all have to be reborn and be led by the Spirit so that we can go back to the original spirit form that God intended for each one of us before Adam and Eve fell. And it says in this verse that only by being born of water and of the Spirit can a person enter the kingdom of God. So you might be wondering, what is the kingdom of God? <laughs> the kingdom of God refers to the, to the desire of God to bring heaven to earth and our mandate to execute this desire. It is the same as the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus was teaching 
when he was on earth and the same mandate he gave to his disciples and and also has given us to pursue mark chapter 1 verse 14 says when jesus came to galilee he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god so in practical terms what is the kingdom of god and what is this gospel the kingdom of god is both an individual and a collective experience it's an individual an individual, so you and I can experience the kingdom of God on earth literally when we live in the original intent of God for you. So for example, you're living in good health, you're being blessed, you're wealthy, you're walking in purpose, you're living the blessed life and enjoying everything, every good thing that creation has to offer. As a result of this, that person is literally living in heaven on earth. It is also the privilege to be able to partner with God as king and then you being a smaller king to take on a territory for Christ. Um, it's, it means to be able to bring the light of God to your life, to your workplace, to your industry, to your sphere of influence, to your businesses, to your communities, which ultimately brings restoration to the original order of things into these spaces. So what God is doing with the kingdom of God, he's trying to reset it to what he planned when he created Adam and Eve in Eden. That is what the kingdom of God is about. It is recreating Eden. And then the kingdom of God is a collective experience when the church which is the body of Christ, is functioning in the original intention that God designed for the church, which now allows the church to usher in the fullness of God's plan for humanity on earth. And ultimately, this culminates to the end of the days when Christ returns and we all transition into this eternal kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom here is basically telling people that, that Christ did not just die to save them so they could go to heaven, but to also have an extraordinary life here on earth, walking and living in the fullness of their purpose and their calling. This is the gospel of the kingdom. So in verses six to eight, it says, that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So so is everyone who is born of the spirit. Of course, Nicodemus' reaction was like, still amazed at all what Jesus was saying. He just could not understand it. What Jesus was saying here was, if you are born of flesh, like literally a physical birth, just like how all of us are born, you are flesh. This is mainly all human beings, except some people who were not born of flesh. <laughs> I don't know, because this world is, there are a lot of things happening now. So not everybody is born of human flesh. <laughs> Um, but if you are born or, and then if you are born of the spirit, then you are spirit. So for example, Jesus was born of the spirit because the Holy Spirit put him in his mother's womb. There was no sex involved. However, we are all born of flesh because we are product of ovaries and sperms coming together. And because we are all born of flesh, we then need to be reborn of the spirit so that we can access the kingdom of God. We can access Eden. We can access or read the original intention of God. For us to experience the fullness of who God intended us to be, we must be born of the spirit. I don't know if you remember when God created Adam, he made him from dust and he breathed his life into him. 
So the first man was born of the spirit before the fall. And then after the fall, Adam became corrupted and his action activated a new order that allowed sin and death into the equation of humanity. So when Jesus, Jesus came to reverse what Adam did, and this is why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things, everything Adam, everything born of flesh have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So being in Christ gives us access to become a new person. It gives us access to eternal life, which now gives us an opportunity to start this journey to recreate our lives in Christ into the life that God originally intended, intended for us from the foundations of the earth. And then this new life that we begin to journey with him continues till eternity. You can't go with the old version of yourself into heaven and definitely not into the kingdom of God. It wasn't made to accommodate the old version of you. And to be honest, if you want to enjoy the best of heaven, you want to be going there with a version of you that has experienced multiple transformations from one level of glory to another here on earth before eternity, because there are grades in heaven. <laughs> the Bible makes it clear that to access this eternal life, we must go through Jesus. This is why in John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So moving on quickly, Jesus was basically telling Nicodemus, just as you don't see the wind or where it comes from or where it's going, but you hear its sound, right? So we don't see wind, but we hear, we kind of know, we like you hear the sound of the wind. This is how someone who is born of the spirit is. You can't see that they are born of the spirit, but you can hear it. It's in the sound. You hear it when they speak, because when they speak, they speak spirit. The sound of their voice is the voice of the spirit because basically the Holy Spirit speaks through them. And then in verse nine, Nicodemus was even more confused as most of us get when we hear something, someone teach the word in a way we've never heard it before. Um, he's just wondering like, what, what, what does Jesus mean by all of this? This is above my head knowledge. Um, and as we all know by now, Jesus always elevated his conversations to a higher dimension realm so Nicodemus could not understand anything Jesus was saying, not at all, more specifically because Nicodemus was not born of the spirit. This knowledge was above his Pharisee religious pay grade. And in verse 10, Jesus said to him, how is it that you are a teacher of the law and you don't know these things? I don't know about you guys, but did you peep the shade? <laughs> because I'm always peeping shade. I don't like the Holy Spirit is always throwing shade at people. I've been a victim of his numerous shades, I confess. I remember one day I was complaining about someone. So this is just me reliving my Nicodemus moments <laughs> with, with the Holy Spirit. Um, I was complaining about someone and then the Holy Spirit said, um, remove the log in your eye before you remove the speck in their eye. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay thank you very much. Um, and then, and then I remember another day. So this time, so last year when I shut down my business that day, hmm, the Holy Spirit said saying to me, bye-bye to that rubbish business. 
that you were building, built on self, built on the spirit of man. Like I literally, and I cried the whole, like literally the whole day. When God says to you, that precious thing you were building was rubbish in his sight, it would definitely bring humble any kind of pride within you. <laughs> to be honest, I think I was, I will start to document a shade meter for the Trinity. <laughs> so that when we get to heaven, I'll be like, yo, 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 see how you shaded me on earth though. <laughs> Like I know, don't mind. This is this is me. Like just as I'm as I was um writing, this is my thoughts. I was just like, God, I we need to talk about this all this shit they're always giving us. Um, I digress, but let me come back to my conversation. Anyways, so Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, "How can you be a teacher of the word and you and you have access to the word and you don't know these things I'm saying? Even the Old Testament, which you were you are reading." and your teaching made ample mention of the things of the spirit. For example, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So Jesus was telling Nicodemus that if you can't believe earthly things that you have, that, that has been written in the book, that you teach and you read as part of your work as a Pharisee, how can you believe the things of the spirit? How can you believe the gospel of the kingdom of God? that I came to usher into the earth? How can you believe heavenly concepts that only I, only Jesus can reveal? Because I descended from heaven and as such, I have the authority and the ability to reveal what I see in heaven to you on earth. Mm. So deep, so profound. The truth is this, the only way we can access and understand the mysteries of heaven, the kingdom and the things of the spirit is by having an intimate relationship with Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you, for example, do you know that there are blood banks and spare body parts banks in heaven? Do you know that there are storehouses filled with treasures in heaven? And there are, there are even rooms filled with all clothing designs you can ever imagine. And this is just like 0.0000001% of the mysteries of the supernatural realm. There is a whole other world outside of the physical world that we live in, I tell you. <laughs> And this is not something I'm saying. This is something I've experienced. So in verse 14, Jesus goes further to explain how Nicodemus could access this level of understanding and how we can access this level of understanding of heavenly things and the things of the spirit. Jesus was saying, Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God uses patterns and similitudes to describe, represent, or create things or scenarios. These patterns usually have a spiritual principle behind it. But he, you know, God will use different methods to execute the principle, thereby creating it into patterns. I don't, I don't know if you guys get it, but let me give an example. So, for example, God told the Israelites to march around the wall of Jericho seven times. It, Elijah told his servant to go check the cloud seven times. Naaman was instructed to go dip himself in water seven times, right? So this is because the number seven in the spiritual realm is the number of completion. So this patterns the concept of the power of repetition until completion. So sometimes when God wants to complete something in you, especially in a short time frame, frame he may instruct you to do the same thing seven times in a go, in one go. This concept of patterning or the as is, principle as like principle is also why jesus spoke a lot in parables 
He was always trying to describe heavenly concepts with earthly things that we can see and relate to, um, which is also why most of the prophetic parts of the Bible, which is almost how most of the prophetic parts of the Bible was written, all in patterns or like, you know, like um, similar to like describing as is comparing what they saw in the spiritual realm to what they can be related to in the physical. So what Jesus was saying was that as the people of Israel in the book of Numbers were saved when they looked up to the bronze snake because they believed in it, when they look up to him, when they look up to Jesus, who would be lifted up after resurrection and believe in him, they will be saved too. And this time they will even have eternal life. So this is the free gift of salvation. So this is the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation is, you know, believe in Christ, he was raised from the dead, he died for your sins and gospel of salvation. But then Jesus came to bring that further. He brought not just the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom. And then he went further to explain the reason why, why people would be saved. And so he says in verse 17 to 18, he says, for God so loved the world. And we all know this verse, verse 16, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Simply because of God's love for us, because of God's love for you and I, he sent Jesus, his only son, to die for our sins, to become a substitute for we sinful humans so that if anyone believes in him, the judgment of eternal damnation is removed and eternal life is granted to the person. Wow, what a precious gift God has given us simply because he first loved us. This is the gospel of salvation. Now, let me tell you something that God told me one day and um, well, I'm probably, I don't know if I probably would take it out, <laughs> but I'm telling it to you guys because he told me to share with you and I'm going to read as he spoke. So God, this is God speaking. I love man, but man doesn't understand my love because it seems so too far. It sounds and feels like a fairy tale. It doesn't feel close, like the love you touch and feel. It's not physical intimacy. But man forgets that intimacy is not physical, but spiritual. Even sex is spiritual. I love you because you're innocent about the things of the spirit. You don't understand that this life and this world is a battle for souls. That the spirit controls the physical. That's how I created it. It's a spiritual world clothed in a physical world. So you're just, so you're just living your life in oblivion. I feel like you deserve the gift of a saved soul, a saved spirit, because I created you. You didn't create yourself. So I owe this gift to you to restore you back to eternal life, to the original, to the life I originally planned. And this is why I sent my son so he can make it right. Um, I had, so, so that's the end of God speaking. And it was just a very hum, like sober moment. That's the word, sober moment for me when God was saying this to me. This was last year and explaining why he loves us, why he wants us to, like, he just wants us to get it right because it's like, I created you. I, and, then, and then it didn't go as planned. And now everybody doesn't understand what I tried to do. And so God is just saying, like, God is just so good. And I just want to take you a quick moment to just say, God, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you, God, for loving us so much. 
We really appreciate you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me move through this quickly. Uh, almost done. Um, so in verse 18, um, Jesus says, he who believes in me is not condemned or judged. And then he goes on to say, explain what the judgment is. He says, he says that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil, hates, blah, blah, blah. And just rush through. What Jesus was saying here is that Jesus, who is light, so he was speaking about himself, has come into the world, but the world loves darkness because of their evil deeds. We talked about darkness earlier. Darkness can be somewhat comforting at times. We get comfortable in darkness. Have you ever walked in a dark room with no light? And after a while, you actually can actually see in darkness, right? I do it a lot. Like I usually walk around in darkness and I, I, I find my way. And then because light always exposes darkness and the evil it tries to cover up, you can see the world hates light and they don't like to come to the light. Um, which, who is in the person of Jesus, which is why Nicodemus couldn't come in the daytime. The world simply would rather people live in poverty than solve poverty issues. Just look at all the craziness and evil in our world today. But I'm not even going to go into that conversation. And so Jesus was saying, if, but if anyone lives by the truth, they will always come, want to come to the light so that the light can reveal things to them. And then what are these things that God is saying can be revealed by light? These are things such as lies, deceit, darkness, confusion, sickness, things that prevent us from walking in, you know, the pop, in God's purpose for our lives. And I, I think what really struck me in this text was I find it particularly interesting that Jesus said those who live by the truth will always want to come to the light. It means that we... It means that to receive, that the prerequisite to receiving light is the desire to seek or to live by truth. You must desire truth. Unless we seek truth, who is Jesus and desire to live by the truth of his word, his light cannot come into our lives or that particular, particular dark area in our life. Light can also mean clarity, revelation, knowledge, deliverance, freedom. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth and it will set you free. Truth has the power to set us free because truth comes with light. We must desire to seek truth if we are looking for, for light or a breakthrough in our life. For example, if your finances are in darkness, seek the truth of, of it from God and light will come. If your life is in chaos, Seek the truth about it from God and light will come. Jesus is further saying that what this light does to us is that it allows us to surrender ourselves, our lives, our work, the very core of our being and everything about us to God so that we can allow God to show us what he has already prepared for us in advance before the world was. Basically, the light of God brings restoration back to the original intent of God for your life. And I'd like to end on this note, Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants to present you as his masterpiece, one that is recreated in Christ, moving from glory to glory so that you can carry out the good works such as your career, your business, your relationship, your marriage, your destiny, your health, your finances, every good work which God has already ordained for you before he formed you. 
And as you allow the light of God into your life, that unto that situation, he brings restoration and order. And ultimately, you will then become one who is not just born of water, but also of the spirit. And then you can enter the kingdom of God here on earth and also enjoy eternal life with Christ in heaven. Glory to God. Here are the key points to know that would enable us to live an extraordinary life. Number one, to be able to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. That is to be born of water and of the spirit. Number two, once you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. So this is the gospel of salvation. And then you become this new creation that can now access through spiritual maturation, through a spiritual maturation journey, a rebirth. So being born of water and of the spirit to be able to then enter the kingdom of God. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. Number three, most believers have only experienced the gospel of salvation, but are not actively living and walking in the gospel of the kingdom. Only by living out the gospel of the kingdom can you truly live in um, heaven on earth, in heaven on earth. Finally, the pursuit of truth is what ushers light into our lives. And it's through this light that we can be restored to the original version of ourselves that God intended from the foundations of the earth. Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for loving us so much that you will send your only begotten son to die for us. Yes, this walk is a constant growth. Yep, it's, it's literally journeying to the end. <laughs> journey to the end, journey to the end. So Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you will send your only begotten son to die for us, Jesus to die for us. Who is man that you are mindful of us? Who are we? If not for your love, where would we be today? So we just want to say thank you for saving us. We are eternally grateful for your sacrifice and the finished work of the cross. If not for you, what would, what would have become of us? <laughs> If not for you, we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit. So we just want to say thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who enables us to access the things of the Spirit and the kingdom of God. I declare that we are new, a new creation and that all things have passed away and behold, we have become new in Christ. And I declare that with unveiled faces, we will behold the glory of the Lord and we will be transformed into the same image of Christ, moving from one degree of glory to another, powered by the Spirit of God. I declare that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we walk by the Spirit of God. We are those who are led by the Spirit. We are those who abide in the Spirit. I declare upon everyone to receive a stirring of the Spirit within their bellies in this moment. Lord, you said out of my belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And I pray today that my deep calls unto their deep unto everyone listening to my voice that and begins to stir up their living waters begins to stir up the rivers of living waters oh god holy ghost fill and clothe everyone who is listening to my voice as i speak with your power in your authority and in the spirit in the name of jesus i declare that they will be conduits everyone on this call will be conduit to god everyone listening to my voice will be conduits of the rivers of living waters to their families to their friends to their communities to their workplace their businesses and to the nations lord i pray for everyone 
anyone who desires the gift of speaking in tongues, that you will fill their mouth and appear to them as cloving tongues like as a fire and rest upon everyone who desires this gift as they listen to my voice. I declare by the power in the name of Jesus and the Holy Ghost that the Holy Spirit will fill you and you will begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I declare that we are disciples that live by truth, who seek truth, and as such, we receive the light of God in our lives. We receive the light of God into every dark area of our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us crystal clear clarity where we need it, O oh God. Give us crystal clear clarity where we need it, O oh God. Where we need direction, open our eyes. Where we need to turn right, make, show, make it known to us. Where we need to take a left turn, O oh God, make it clear to us. In the name of Jesus, I declare that we are your workmanship. We are your masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm. which you, O oh God, have prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. O oh Lord, we declare that we will walk in the good works you have ordained for us, O oh God. You, the word, you say the steps of the righteous man are ordered by God, and I declare that everyone here is aligned with God in righteousness, and their steps will be ordered by God in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, I declare that your kingdom will come into our lives as it is in heaven. So will it be in our lives on earth. We will not be one of those who, who run around in circles, who, who run around like the Gentiles. We would we would stand and enjoy the confidence that we have in you as covenant children, oh God, that we will live as in heaven on earth. We would experience heaven on earth. We will birth and sustain the kingdom of God in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, today we pray for your church. We pray for our church. We pray for the church. We pray for your bride. And we ask that let your kingdom come through the church, through the ecclesia, oh God, to the earth. In the name of Jesus, I declare that in our generation, we would see the other mountains run to the mountain of the Lord for solutions because we will bring king, the kingdom of God to in heaven to earth in the name of Jesus. I pray that the church will represent you and represent you and the kingdom to the world. The church will become a solution provider for the nation and a source of hope for humanity. Thank you, Lord, for this prayer. Oh, my Kaliba, San Kaliba, I cover them with the blood of Jesus and I declare that they are signed, sealed, and delivered unto victory because we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies and our declaration. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done in our midst today. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you adoration. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Father. What amazing, an amazing time um, in the in the world tonight. Um feel amen. Amen. I feel energized. I feel strengthened. <laughs> Um, and I hope you're feeling the same. I hope you're feeling blessed and encouraged by the word. Um, please, if the sessions are blessing you, invite people so we can all grow together. Um, can you just imagine our workplaces, our businesses, our communities filled with extraordinary disciples like us who are aware of who they are in Christ? So invite a friend or two. Tell, um, you can just send them this link to sign up for the prayers. And this is where everything goes 
out that's how i would communicate to the community and yeah feel free to email me your prayer requests um by responding to your prayer um by responding to my prayer post um my daily prayer post email so i'm always i'm always praying for you and i know that god is set to do really really great things in our community in your life um because he's so he's so passionate about what we're doing here i know you might just think it's bible study but trust me it's more than bible study he's doing the last time we met when we prayed after the call he started saying everyone everyone in this community your life will be as a shining light shining brighter and brighter and brighter until the day of Christ that means as long as you are in this community your light must shine your life must shine brighter and brighter it has no choice that is why you're here so i'm so grateful that you're here today thank you so much i really appreciate you for taking your time when we visit schedule to be here I love you guys so much. Have a blessed week.